This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Otago Access Radio, in partnership with Otago Polytech, brings you Blowing Bubbles. Blowing Bubbles brings you positive conversations with people in their bubbles around the world. How are people living their bubble lives? Working from home, keeping kids entertained, and staying connected and getting exercise. And how are these things presenting us with the opportunities to find new ways of living? Every weekday, the Sustainable Lens team of Samuel Mann, Shan Gallagher and Mara Karatai reach out from their bubbles to chat with interesting and positive people around the world. Broadcast on Otago Access Radio 105.4 FM and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz and sustainablelens.org. Bringing connection, joy, kindness and peace in the days ahead. Welcome to Blowing Bubbles, positive conversations with people in their bubbles, their safe spaces around the world. I'm Samuel Mann. I'm at Otago Polytechnic today, and I am joined from Fakatani by Mawera Karatai. Kira Mawera. Kia ora, Sam. How's it going? It's going very well indeed. How is your week going? Um, it's going very well, and in particular it's going well today because I'm sitting at uh, the Mātātua Whareinui uh, in Fakatani, and those people who grew up in Dunedin will remember the whare when it was sitting in our museum in Otago. So I'm sitting here today with our guest who we're about to interview. That's exciting. It is. It's so lovely. I love being here. And who is our guest today? Who are we introducing today? Today we are introducing um, a very lovely lady who lives here in Whakatane, who is also uh, one of our learners uh, at Otago Polytech. Um, so uh, Sam and I have spent a, a bit of time with her. Her name is Vicky Murray. Um, and we're going to talk about Matsuriki, which is a very, very exciting, beautiful time of year. Welcome, Vicky. Thank you. Good, Sam. Welcome, Vicky. Vicky, I definitely want to talk about Matariki, but I want to talk first about your bubble life and your traffic light life and whatever else life. How was your bubble life? Well, I actually live in a bubble before COVID. I prefer bubble life. Uh, so COVID wasn't that much different. It actually just allowed me to stay bubbly. So uh, now that we're kind of moving out of bubbles, uh, I'm missing the bubble life. What did you miss about it? What are you missing about it? Well, one of the things is when you're out of bubble life, you're uh, distracted by work and people and other things. And really, I need to go back into my bubble to finish my studies because <laughs> uh, I'm a, I'm a, I need to, I'm a like a loner, and my best thinking comes out when I'm in a bubble by myself. Uh, and so I'm going to have to find a way to stay in a bubble uh, for the next year to complete my my DPP. So that's my challenge. Um, for the next year. What is your doctorate on? Uh, my doctorate is on uh, iwi governance, so I'm looking for uh, excellence in governance. Um, I'm a board member for my iwi and uh, looking to contribute to future board members coming in to have a, a standard 
uh, and something that they can work towards uh, becoming a, an effective uh, governance leader for, uh, for an EWI organisation. Do you know yet what the what the insights are? Yes, I've got quite a few, uh, a lot of insights because I've completed all my data collection. So I've interviewed all the board members, uh, and so they've given me a clear picture uh, of uh, of their thoughts on governance uh, from an EWI uh, perspective, uh, and also because of the two and a half years of. Uh, research beforehand, I've, uh, I've looked widely at what uh, what good governance and what leadership is. So can you give us some hint on what excellence in governance and leadership looks like? Hmm. Uh, well, for, for first and foremost, uh, it's around our iwi having leadership. Uh, so we've been going through a period of change and uh, leadership is a huge uh, influence of how of good governance. Uh, so yes, definitely leadership. Now, leadership in iwi terms is quite dynamic. It has a lot of components to it. So I'll talk to those uh, because uh, even as an individual, people come with certain leadership styles. Uh, so it's quite a, 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 you know, a broad discussion, uh, but also there's there are so many dynamics around uh, Ngātiawa as an iwi that although some things are similar to other iwi, we have some particular dynamics uh, that only live in this uh, iwi. So uh, it's, it's not a like one size fits all. Uh, but the uh, the intent is that we have a discussion about what leadership is at this stage and what uh, the future governance people coming into the space um, may find beneficial. COVID threw us all lots of curveballs. Did that pose particular challenges for for that leadership and that governance? Yes, actually it did. It revealed uh, the situation, the state of the iwi uh, at that time. It actually highlighted some of the things that we weren't doing. And so I think that's an amazing thing because uh, we've moved on that information. Uh, so, you know, I think like all uh, things that are uh, have big influence on people's lives, out of it comes some learning. Uh, and I, I think we've taken that learning and we're moving forward with that. So, yes, it's a good thing. But it has highlighted some of the things that we're doing poorly, uh, but that's okay too because we need to know those things in order to change them. Hmm. Do you think you'll be better positioned for the next disruption? Yes, we will absolutely be uh, because of the action that we've taken. Uh, from that first finding out that first bit of information, we will never be in that situation again. So we've moved. It might be just a small step forward, but we've realised that we've got quite a long way to go. But we've started that journey. We're talking about a celebration today. Have we celebrated the the end of COVID, or is it too early for that? Uh, not from our perspective. I think we've got. Well, it might not be called COVID, but there are other 
uh, challenges ahead of us around health and how we protect ourselves from uh, infection. Uh, but it's also really, it has changed our how we have our tikanga. It's changed forever. Uh, not necessarily a bad thing, uh, but it means that we're better prepared for the next uh, outbreak, whatever it is. We're way more better prepared. Let's take the first of your music choices. Let's have Karanga Mata Atua. Why this one? Oh, so Karanga Mata Atua is uh, our our call out to people. So that's Mata to our waka uh, calling out to whoever's there to listen. So be alert, here we are. Uh, so we're making our presence known uh, by the karanga. So it's taken from the karanga that we do in a pōhiri, and it's telling people, here we are, uh, this is what we're doing, and we're greeting you. So uh, it's a celebration of uh, not only matariki, but also a celebration of being ātiao. And there was an amazing event that took place uh, here in Whakatane, which Jack and I missed because he wouldn't get out of bed at four o'clock in the morning. <laughs> How did that go? Yes, it was amazing. So uh, we had a hotapu ceremony uh, down on the waterfront by the Omataroa Whakatane River. Uh, and it was freezing cold, but the sky was clear and the stars came out. Uh, the the meteors were flying around, you know, and the moon was out. It was just a stunning day. So we began our Matariki week um, in perfect order. It was lovely. So we had about 100, 100 or so people gather and uh, did karakia uh, and wished uh, those who had passed, we acknowledged them. And we did the the feed the stars, whanga uh, and then uh, using rau or puhutakawa leaves, we kind of 
uh, it's a pūre, it's a cleansing ceremony where we dash the leaves into tupua, uh, into white tea, the fresh water, into waita, the salt water, and then offered uh, our wishes to Hiwai Tarangi, uh, which we had a rapa uh, Māori, a native plant, so people put their their wishes and dreams into the plant that will be uh, planted in one of our marae, my marae actually, at the Uitsu marae, uh, so that those things can grow uh, inside our, uh, our, our marae at Te Re Uitsu. Mm, so it was an amazing day. For those of our listeners from overseas and even sadly people here in Aotearoa, how can you tell us about Matariki? What is Matariki? Okay. Uh, so Matariki is uh, is the one of the signs of the new year for the Māori. Uh, and it is um, it's particularly important to us because it just shows a change of seasons. Uh, in pa- years of past, we our lives were guided by seasonal uh, seasons because of the growing and planting and fishing. And so uh, the return of Matariki into our lives now means that we actually can return to some of those practices uh, that had have been missing out of our lives. Uh, and they're really around what Sam says, that they really cover three areas, remembrance, remembrance of those who have passed over the year, the celebration of the present, so that we're grateful, we realise how grateful we are where we live in the life that we have here in Aotearoa, New Zealand. And, and thirdly, that we plan and plan for our future. So it's a simple message. But, and I think that's one of the great things about it is that, you know, we need to go back to simple messages in our lives and we can share it as a nation. And so we're delighted, I mean, I'm delighted as a Māori, that uh, this traditional Māori practice has actually come into play for all New Zealand. I love that too. And I see lots of Matariki celebrations happening all over the country. Uh, and especially it makes me happy to see the children involved yeah. in that. Uh, Jack's school uh, today, all of the children took in ingredients for making soup. I mean, such a simple thing. Yeah. But what a great way to celebrate, yeah. you know, the bounty that's around us. Yeah. Do you think that this that the um, the willingness to engage in this celebration across the country is a sign that things are improving? Uh, well, yes. I mean, we you know human nature being what it is, uh, there will be uh, there will be some people who resist. Uh, but you know the Tamariki in particular, their like their willingness to engage is our hope. So if our tamariki, and when I see lots of, you know, young Pākehā, they can, they know all the matariki star names, they know how to pronounce them, and they know all about matariki, which a lot of the, the adults basically, you know, know very little. So if our kids are engaging, we're good. We're good to go. And I, I reckon that's it too. That is the change that we, we, we're we always looking for what will be the change and that is the change, isn't it, is engaging our children. So when we think about that, when we think about engaging our children for the future and about them being the change, how do we then take that willingness that they have to see the world the way they do and, and empower them to approach some of the other 
big issues that we have ahead of us climate change mm-hmm. and and even the you know talking about future illnesses and all of that kind of thing yeah. well i think what the fact that we've got uh, an actual holiday that celebrates this because uh further to those three parts that i talked about matariki is also around conservation it's around if we're going to do action activities as well as making soup and that sort of stuff it's to remind our children and ourselves that it's time to clean up our waterways. It's time to uh, replant plant things. And I think those, you know, like if we keep it simple, they will see uh, the broader picture to it. So we don't have to kind of like keep, uh, I guess, putting more and more pressure onto them. Uh, if we keep these sort of things simple and make them uh, longer than a day, longer than a week, if we do that in our, our lives with them, they'll get it. Our kids are smart. I think we're the problems. Uh, <laughs> I agree. Adults. But the kids actually get it. Hmm. Where did this knowledge come from in your life? Who's been your teacher? Hmm. Thank you. That's an interesting question. Uh, well, so the Matariki, of course, has been, is new to most of us. I mean, it's new to me. I information has come mostly from Rangimatama because Tuhoi is just up the valley from us and we're re- very closely related. But also from Widamu um, Tafai, uh, who's Fana uh, Wapanui, uh, and he's uh, in close to Nātiawa. So those two, because they're in that area, uh, their, their knowledge has been the knowledge that I've followed. Uh, because it closely aligns with what we see in our skies and our waterways. But there are many, there are many other uh, uh, experts, because I do a lot of work down in uh, Napier and Hastings, so Kahununu country, in Ngāti Kahununu, they have many uh, tohunga who have uh, who have information around this, uh, this series. So it is broadly known if you look widely. Uh, and of course, we've worked with uh, Pākehās uh, in the, the astrology and astronomy field who also have their kōrero that links with ours. So it's not solely our kōrero, but we have a unique way of expressing it and seeing it um, relative to our Māori world. Hmm. I've seen uh, on social media the last couple of days um, Attempts, I think, by you know, you've always got those those trolley type of people who are trying to uh, create an argument, and their their corridor is, oh, this existed, you know, in this culture and that culture. And what I love is that all of uh, Māori who are experts in this field, their response to that is, that's fantastic. Tell me what you know about that, and I'll tell you what I know, and let's put that knowledge together. And I love that there seems the, there seems to be a willingness to end the the fight and collaborate on a way forward. It just feels so nice right now. Mm. Mm, I've got two poems uh, to share. Uh, the, the first poem is uh, by Emily Dickinson, written in 1864. These are the days when birds came back, come back. And then I've written, taken that poem and written a rendition to Matariki, because Matariki is about reflective, um, looking back through nature. So here's my rendition. 
These are the days when birds come back. A very few, a bird or two to take a backward look. These are the days when skies resume the old or sophistries of June are blue and gold mistake. O fraud that cannot cheaply be, almost thy plausibility induces my belief. Till ranks of seeds their witness bear, and softly through the altered air hurries a timid leaf. O sacramental summer days, O last communion in the haze, permit a child to, to join. E kua riroa hinerau mati, mai te wāhanga maramataka o tangaroa ki a pua wai a hiwa i te rangi. Thy sacred emblems to partake, thy consecrated bread to take, and thine immortal wine. Whāngai ngā whetu hereditenga, e tohu ki a whakamaua ki a tina moa ke tonuatu. Kia ora. Kia ora. That was awesome. No, no, you've stopped. Keep going. Oh, okay. All right. Um, what was the inspiration? Obviously, Masariki was the inspiration, but the what was the impetus to write? Uh, always my study. So what I'm trying to do is, because that is a reflection, and so when I'm looking at reflecting on the mahi that I'm doing and for me. Uh, I'm just trying to find um, like a broader way to make reflections. And as Tirel and Telmari is strong in my focus, there are still some beautiful expressions. And uh, pre-COVID, I discovered Emily Dixon Dickinson's work on in her poem Hope uh, because I was working on that. And with people who have little hope. And so I was introduced to the poems then. But I could see how they would work in an Almari thinking framework. And so uh, when one of my mentors asked me to write something about Matariki, uh, the poem was in my head, and so I decided to um, like weave it into Matariki because Matariki is our current um, focus. So yeah, that's how it came. That's yeah. beautiful. Vicky, um, before uh, before I contacted you about this interview, I was talking with Martin, who's a, a friend of ours, um, all of us actually, all three of us, he's our friend, and he just he wrote to me such beautiful words about you as a person and about your mahi and and how him him how much he cares about you. Well, yes, well. Uh, he's a, a very special person, Martin. I'm very thankful that I got 
Martin and Kelly as my mentors during this journey. Uh, but anyway, what happens when Martin asks me something, it always grows bigger than uh, it first appears. And so when he asked me to write something for Matarikia, just short introduction, I, I came up with the poem. I decided, okay, I'll write a poem to finish with it. But then I saw a niece of mine who is deaf doing sign on Facebook in Te Reo. And I thought, oh, my gosh, I need to have the poem in sign. So I asked her to if she would uh, sign the poem for me, and she has. She did it in two nights, two or three nights. Uh, and now we have the poem on Facebook on her, on her feed uh, where she's signing the poem. And that, I just think it's amazing how that grows. And so... Yeah, so out of a little question, a little can you please do something, uh, grows this creation, which, you know, I'm just delighted to be a part of, really. Yeah, and that, that's the magic of Martin. As we were saying before, <laughs> Martin asks little things and from little things grow really big things. I think it's not only Martin, though. I mean, I'm, I'm with you both, uh, Margaret and Sam, and I think you... You also inspire that. I mean, because when Sam came out, up to, to to work with you when you were finishing yours off, uh, even the half an hour that I had with Sam uh, gave me some real insight into where I might go with my study. So, uh, so, so there are a number of people in the, the polytech that have that are like like minded, and they do make help us grow as students. So, uh, thank you all. Thank you, Sam. Thank you, Marwita. Thank, Thank you, Martin and Kelly. Bubble Sprite of the Forest of Orokanui, Dunedin's favourite goddess, Tahu Mackenzie. Kia ora koutou, nā mihi aroha nui, kia koutou, ko hau. I hope you're all having the best day, beautiful superstars and beloved universes. I really hope, wherever you are, whatever's happening around you, this journey that we're all on together is proven to be very rewarding, very sustaining and illuminating for you more and more each day who you are. A triumph of nature's art, perfect, unique and here making things better. Thank you. Now I know that for all of us the last more than two and a half years have been very tough so it's so important that we give to ourselves and each other compassion and kindness and all we do that we're patient with ourselves and one another and we acknowledge that there's so much we're still processing and understanding and navigating at this tricky time. This morning I'm off to beautiful Māori Hill School having made it up here through the ice and the frost and I'm gazing about at this winter wonderland all glittering and sparkling before me. I of course have put some glitter on my face as well too honour this sparkly time of year so it's all happening and I'll be speaking with the beautiful students here about Papa Tuanuku and how all life of course is born from the earth, earth mother and returns to the earth and as we have the opportunity to act as kaitiaki for the living world how we can utilise our very unique and different skills in order to do this so of course a wonderful time as we are heading into Puaka Matariki and this is a time of course of sharing our 
wisdom and our stories with one another, sharing our understandings with each other and coming together to honour and respect our beautiful living world. And each star, of course, honours a different part of the living world. We have beautiful YT and Waita, some of my faves that reflect the fresh water and the salt water, the twin stars, so beautiful. We have, of course, Hiwai Tarangi, the wish-granting star. She's so cool, she's my ultimate fave. And I love the energy of wish-making and envisioning a really positive and welcoming future for ourselves. And so I really hope for you, wherever you are, whatever is happening around you at this time that we are moving through together, you're seeing these opportunities to revel in the beauty of the living world. Here I am gazing upon all these beautiful trees and I always love looking at the branches of trees and particularly at this time of year, those introduced deciduous trees are showing their bare branches and it's fascinating to watch how the tree has chosen to grow each branch just like dendrons and dendrites in our brain reflecting a choice that the tree has made moving towards the light and of course not only above ground is there this beautiful branching network of decision making but below ground of course there's this beautiful branching network of decision making in the form of roots and then as we know the microbial fungus internet is there enabling the trees to talk with one another and so I always think that the living world has so much to teach us and is communicating with us at all times and the unit that I'm working through with Māori Hill School is called Papatonuku Breathes and it's about the changes that happen for all of us and for Papa Tonuku when we had lockdown and there was that opportunity for a pause and a breather for Papa Tonuku that uh, all the birds came back, we could hear all the birds, we could be much more aware of that infinite web of life that we're co-evolving alongside with because we could finally hear it and take time to appreciate it. So we'll be talking about that with the students as well and of course talking about my role at Otakunui Eco Sanctuary my heart's home workplace and what this has really taught me about the way that we can give our love back show our appreciation for the lives that we have the precious lives that we have to Papa Tonuku and I know for all of us that we're constantly learning and growing and changing and our ways of doing, being, seeing, feeling are always constantly evolving and so too is our understanding of our role in the living world and I particularly love this time of year when we are really doing our best to navigate through icy roads and so much has changed around us in terms of the conditions that surround us and this helps us to recognize that we are living in a dynamic living space that is constantly changing alongside us and there's so many opportunities to learn from this 
So here I am, I'm parked outside Māori Hill School, watching all these beautiful children and their beautiful families arriving and trying not to slip on the ice, which is really beautiful to watch. And thinking about different parts of the world, how in some parts of the world, of course, the whole place will freeze and there'll be snow everywhere. And there may be a long period of darkness. There may be these very extreme environmental conditions. The lakes may freeze. There might be ice skating. You know, there's all sorts of things, all sorts of ways we've adapted to the changes around us over time. So I think we've made a pretty good decision in terms of making our home here in this beautiful, precious paradise, Aotearoa, that we have in New Zealand. Such a welcoming and safe home. We're so fortunate. So I really hope for you at this time of appreciation and celebration of our living world, a time when the nights are long and we have the opportunity to gaze up at those precious fetu, those precious stars, that we can have a sense of homecoming, we can have a sense of the return to a place we are embraced and cared for. And we can look forward to each day the light returning, the sun returning more and more, because of course we've moved through the shortest day now, and so each day it's becoming longer and longer, and there are more things for us to explore and enjoy every day in this beautiful world so thank you so much for having me and i look forward to talking to you again soon of course being part of this show is just the most amazing experience for me so i want to say a big thank you to sam and the whole blown bubbles team for having me it's such a pleasure and privilege to share this time with you and I look forward to talking to you again soon. Thanks so much. Kakiti. You're listening to Blowing Bubbles. We're talking with Vicky Murray. Vicky, you mentioned a bit ago about hope. Is is Matariki considered a, a hopeful time? Uh, absolutely. It's uh, it's the I think the whole intention is around hope because uh, in like. In remembering others, we look at the things uh, that they've given us, gifted us in the time that they were with us, uh, and hope uh, for the for the present. And because we're thinking about the present and what we've got, um, that's always hopeful. And of course, our aspirations and our planning for our future must be hopeful. Uh, so it's absolutely about hope. I, mean, I wrote a poem around that too in Te but that for another interview pair. The theme of this show is positive but not deluded, and more recently we've been convinced to change it to positive with a dash of deluded. There's, in that remembering, there's also might be some quite hard times in that. How do you sort of – where's the balance in that, that positive mindset and, and that sort of critical reality – Putting its 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 face into there. Mm. Well, I just don't think you can live one without the other. Uh, they're part of that balance um, that keeps us grounded. Because uh, it's only in remembering. I mean, because as Natiawa, we 
constantly talk about our past and the hardship that our people have had to go through for us to have the life that we have today, where our buildings remind that of us, our songs remind that, our karakia does. So we they're, they're part of our living today. But without that, we, we don't... We, in remembering, we are grounded as to what is possible. So that gives us hope because we will always want our, the lives of our children and our grandchildren to be better, to be more peaceful, to be more hopeful, to, meet, to mean that they don't have to live uh, the harsh ways that our, our ancestors have. And we're talking about our relationships with ourselves as Māori and, and our other cultural partners, our Pākehā. You know, because uh, some of the, the our pastimes have been uh, very sad. So only by remembering those sad things can we possibly hope for a better future uh, away from that past pain. Uh, so did I answer that question? Beautiful. So there's yeah, there's no there's no living in one positive sphere without the remembering of of the past hurts. Right, but, Can't. but I'm always positive for a, a better life. That's why we're here. That's why we continue to learn and grow so that we can move towards that positive life, isn't it? So how do we go past the sometimes pervasive deficit model and deficit thinking? Mm. I don't know. I think we can only do that as individuals. You know, where do we sit in that? Uh, I don't think deficit, I think that uh, whatever it is today we can work on to make better and we can only look at what contributions we can uh, make towards that. Uh, I mean, I have a very lucky life uh, and I see possibility everywhere. Uh, and so one of my roles is to model that uh, and to be hopeful for others because others don't sometimes see hope until somebody sees it for them. So it's that kind of stuff. Um, I think you, we just uh, incrementally can make wee little differences uh, by enjoying our life and improving on our lives daily. Yeah, and um, I, I love my life and uh, and tend to, well, I think uh, we gravitate to the people uh, that we want to be around and like. Uh, so I, I don't know how it better us to answer that um, but by living a full life We've got a new public holiday which is one day but Natariki is a longer celebration than that should we be as a Pākehā family should we be thinking about extending the the celebration mm, I don't know I'm not sure uh, you know because the Matariki week the period over the Tangaro phases is four or five days, and then after Tangaro phases, you've got the, uh, the Rungo and the Tane and Oromanui. So it's the longest phase, uh, six days, uh, that are inspired by our Atua Māori. So for us, it's not just, uh, you know, the one day. The holiday is an acknowledgement that it is important, I think, in, in current New Zealand uh, national thinking, which is a great thing. But for people, it's just like anything else. Uh, it's actually a lifetime. Uh, 
And this just happens to be a time where we can now focus on this sort of thinking. Uh, so I don't know that it needs to be extended anymore, uh, but that people are reminded about its intention. I think that's more important. Are there any other holidays that we we should be adding to the list? Uh, not that I know of. I mean, one of the... Uh, I'm just going to go to my closing song, which is Awe Te Aroha, is uh, about uh, crying out for love, in love and for love. And I don't think we need holidays for that. I actually don't know what a holiday means. It means a day of work, but um, what does that mean? Uh, if you love your work, then, you know, does it, do you need a holiday from it? Uh, I, there's this thing about holidays that uh, I don't understand. Uh, I just think every day is a holiday. Uh, so yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure if I'm answering that question. I just. I think we're still stuck in that. Uh, our whole life is to go to work Monday to Friday, and then we snatch at holidays. And I, I don't know that that's the right way to see the world. Uh, if we're in in mahi or in work that, you know, just gives us pleasure and it's it's heading towards our life's direction. Why would you want a holiday from that? <laughs> uh, it's something that you, you should be living really. So, yeah, that whole idea is, I, I don't know where that thinking's come from, but it um, it's not one that I hold. Okay, so let's have your music choice then. Aweta Araha, why this one? Well, I think Aweta Araha is uh, if we do anything that we do is uh, for love of someone else or the whenua or the environment, generally the, the decision around that is going to be one of goodness, of wellness for self and others rather than just yourself. So Awe Te Aroha is one of those things that stays uh close to our hearts because aroha is generally in the heart and in the spirit uh, so I just think it's a nice mental to live by
Vicky, we've seen lots of changes in society over the last couple of years of the, the COVID period. What do you think is going to stick? And perhaps more importantly, what do you hope will stick? One of the things that stood out for me during COVID was, you know, the peace was because we weren't driving around and, and you know, we're staying home. The, I live out in the, in the bush and, the, you know, the bush life was a lot busier. Uh, uh, the air was cleaner. I just think that we have so much stuff and busyness going on uh, that we forget some of those simple things. I know that when people were walking past, I mean, I was in the next door block doing some work in the plantation, and people were just walking past and waving out and saying, Kia ora, how are you, you know, which, well, it doesn't have, it's gone, that's gone already. So people were really aware of others, and, yeah, that's that's something that I think we we move out of very quickly. Everyone noticed it, but we certainly just go straight back into our other busy lives, zooming around the place. Uh, so that's kind of one outstanding thing that I I wish. I don't know how we're going to do that to go back to that sort of um, more awareness for the world and each other. Indeed. I have some questions to end the show and not very much time, so we're going to have to wriggle. What is the biggest success you've had in the last couple of years? Mm. Uh, so the, probably the biggest one is uh, learning who I am uh, within my iwi happy space. Uh, to, because to be Māori is a big, it's a big, like, how can you be Māori? There's so many components to being Māori. Uh, and it's not easy. Uh, you have to work at it a lot. Uh, and in between that, it's relationships with others. Uh, but one of the biggest things, and, and I'm really thankful for the study. I'm so thankful for it because it's made me look at myself. It's like, so who are you and what are you in this picture? How are you contributing? And it's been really reflective. Uh, so... That's probably the biggest learning uh, is around, you know, like not looking outward at others, but looking inward at myself and what I can do to improve myself rather than expecting others to change. Yeah. So we are writing a book of these conversations. Actually, we wrote writing two books. One of them is Mawira's thesis. The other one, which is done, the other one is called Tomorrow's Heroes. It's our team of people doing good work. So you are in that team. What's your superpower? <laughs> so I guess one of the, if I had a superpower, would be to uh, empower others, to whakamana tetahi or two. I'm ordinary, I'm pretty ordinary. I'm a little bit different, uh, but I... Uh, it's really around how do we bring people into their own space of being. Uh, and I suppose one of the things that I like to do is always to uh, look at people with love and uh, and hope uh, 
because I want to be looked at with love and hope. And I, uh, yes, and I just think the answers are within people. We just have to give them a chance to find those answers uh, and to give them a space of being so that they can be themselves uh, because I think we try to be what we think people should expect us to be, and and that's way too hard. So to answer that, so it's kind of like being myself and being okay with that and letting other people uh, be, be themselves. That's pretty cool. Do you consider yourself to be an activist? Well, I didn't think so, but I actually, I am. I've only just realised this in the last year. I actually don't want to be an activist. I'd rather just stay at home and hide. Uh, but actually, change doesn't happen that way. I'll figure this out. And thanks to the study, um, is that I think you or not, but it is. I think I'm very grateful for the, for the study making me see that. Uh, yes, I'd rather just hide away, but the world doesn't change like that. And I realise that um, I'm stronger. I'm strong, and a lot of people are not. They, uh, they don't have the abilities to stand up and make change. And so, okay, well, if that's where I'm at, that's what I'm going to do. Hmm. The activist yeah. with love? <laughs> Is that possible? <laughs> <laughs> that's the best find. So what motivates you? What gets you out of bed in the morning? Hmm. Well, I'm getting on now. So every day is like a, a gift. Uh, I don't have uh, a lot of time left, so every day is really, really important. I've got so much to do. Uh, there are so many things that I have been uh, asked to do by my uh, my whanau and my tipuna, my mother and particularly my grandmothers. And so I've got a legacy that I have to continue. And so that inspires me. Uh, otherwise, you know, you'd probably just give it up because a lot of the stuff that uh, takes change is... It's not it's not easy. Uh, there are barriers at every corner, but uh, but yeah, I think it's I think every, anything is possible. That's my point. I think like it doesn't matter what comes at you. There's there's something in there that's gonna turn you things around. So I've decided that uh, I can work hard, uh, and when people ask things of me, uh, then there's a reason that they're asking for it. So just do it. Mm. <laughs> So what is the biggest challenge or opportunity that you're looking forward to in the next year or so? Okay. So the biggest challenge is not to be too distracted away from my, my main goal was to finish my thesis. That's the first goal. But then I have to work to live. Uh, uh, and I've also got to be uh, – I participate in my iwi and hapu at various levels in land. So it's just trying to – merge them all together and not add anything else to my plate which will uh, distract me further so that's my biggest challenge but you know like things come to you for a reason so and they what I'm what I am learning to do is to blend them into my study so if something comes in it means that okay this must have something uh, that is a learning moment for me that I can use for my study uh, so that's kind of my management plan and lastly, do you have any advice for our listeners? Probably just to trust yourself. 
I've learned that we can't tell people what to do and think that they already have uh, their own knowledge uh, and to trust to, to trust that and to be a creative, like to use your own creativeness, whatever that looks like. Uh, that's one of the most amazing things about uh, this type of study and uh, that I've learned from uh, works like Mawira's that the more creative you are about yourself, the uh, the more joy you find uh, in the study and in, in life. So, yeah, just to be yourself, really. Thank you for that. Mawira. Vicky, um, it is a real joy to know you, and I uh, get the added pleasure, I guess, of seeing the impact that you have on our local community. Uh, and I just want to thank you for everything that you do and for all of the work that you do without trumpets and fanfare um, to make things better for our people here and around the Motu. It's been a real joy to get to talk to you today at the Rise of Matariki and, uh, and we wish you well for the journey ahead. Kia ora. Kia ora. Kia ora kudua. Kia ora Sam. Kia ora. Oh, I should have asked this earlier. How do we say happy Matariki? Do we say happy Matariki? <laughs> we, we, no, we don't. We should. <laughs> but we say Matariki e ara e. So we actually uh, acknowledge the rising of it. Uh, that's more so uh, because Matariki is more than being happy because you're allowed to be sad. Yeah. And you're allowed to be hopeful. So it's all of those sorts of things. So you could say, Matariki e arae, rise, Matariki. You can find us on Facebook and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We had a contribution today from Tahu Mackenzie. This is Purea Nay. I'm Samuel Mann at Otago Polytechnic in Dunedin, and I've been joined from Whakatane by Muwera Karatai and Vicky Murray. That was Blowing Bubbles. We hope you enjoyed the show.
This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.